you need to have a good leadership team and you need to have tasks delegated because then you get to a team. They say that you should have one person, like one manager to every seven people or one leader to every seven people. So if you're the only person on that team and you're growing past seven people, past 14 people, and especially if you're still working behind the chair, I think that that's your culture is going to be affected by that. So I think to have, you need to know what your strengths are and your weaknesses are, and you need to have delegated out your weaknesses or have people in place. I think that's one of the biggest things because the second location is only going to magnify your weaknesses. So that's where you need to start. I'm just a hairstylist. How am I supposed to be a photographer, a social media manager, a receptionist, a marketing manager, and an entrepreneur as well? Welcome to the Secret Life of a Hairstylist podcast, where we shatter the term, I'm just a hairstylist, and help inspire you behind the chair. I'm Samantha, and I'm a hairstylist, educator, and salon owner, and I want to help inspire you with tips from how to manage your social media, to how to sell retail, to how to continue a positive mindset, making you more money as a stylist. Every week, I will share my own experiences over the last 10 years, plus bring in amazing experts from all over the hair industry to share their secrets on success. So what do you say? Are you ready to challenge yourself, get inspired, and build your dream business behind the chair? Hello, hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be back here in the podcast world. I had kind of taken a step back my last episode was just as we were reopening our salon so I had decided to take a little bit of a step back just to be able to focus on the salon and regrowing it and uh, getting all of our girls back into the norm of everything so now that we've kind of like normalized our days I'm so excited to be back here I recorded this episode with Danielle just before we had reopened so it's been a little while so there's some talk about being closed but all the information in it is still super relevant so I'm super excited to bring Danielle on she owns two locations in Grand Prairie and I'm so excited to get her expertise on opening a second location because I know there are people out there who are wanting to open up a second location. They are thinking about it, whether it's now or five years or 10 years, Um, but it's just nice to get kind of the ideas out there in where to start. So without further ado, I am so excited to bring Danielle on. Thank you for coming on here and um, sharing some of the uh, some of your wisdom in the industry. Um, so, kind of just to get started, um, what can you or how, um, share a little bit about yourself and about your story? Well, I am a second generation hairstylist, so I've always loved the salon model and just everything that it brought. I don't know, everything that it could bring to somebody's life. My mom was like a single parent and she gave us a great life. Uh, My dad was in the picture, but um, he often lived far, like quite a ways away from us, like three provinces over. So it was just really amazing to see what she could do with like as a hairstylist. And Um, When I started doing hair and working for somebody else, I just, there was things that I would want to change. And so when the opportunity became available to open a salon, I jumped on it because there's just things that I wanted to do. And then I wanted to be able to have other hairstylists do as well. 
Amazing. So you have two locations now, correct? That's right. Okay. And what city are you in? In Grand Prairie. Prairie. Yeah. So um, how has that been? I know we're in a totally different time right now, but I know that Alberta and especially like in Grand Prairie, they had a big recession a number of years ago. So how did that affect you guys um, in the industry for, I mean, because like lot, tons and tons of people, thousands of people lost their jobs at that time. So I would assume you probably have a good idea of how to navigate this time as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I have always heard like the most recession proof businesses are um, hair salons, coffee shops, and flower shops, because people are always like, they'll always frequent those places. Um, and so I kind of joked when we had to close down for COVID, I was like, oh, so much for this recession-proof business. Uh, <laughs> yeah, our community has has felt a few recessions over the years. I remember, like, I would have been in 2007. I was just a newly licensed hairstylist. My price point was different. So I actually excelled through that one because what I found was a lot of clients were trying to find a cheaper outlet, but still wanted quality. And um, I mean, partnering with Redkin, I kind of got a great start. And being second generation, I had a great start to the industry as far as that went. And so I was able to build up a clientele super quick during that recession. And then now over the years, there's been highs and lows with oil and weather. In Grand Prairie, we have quite a diverse economy or we have logging here and agriculture so um we've never seen i've never like i've never seen anybody had has ever seen oil at a negative so the effects of that on our community will be different um just because like we i guess how can i put that grand prairie has always we're where oil is produced so Usually, as long as it's still pumping, we're pretty operational out here in the north. But now that's a different story. So how that will play out, I'm not sure. We have a lot of people who work in and out. I would assume our population will diminish mm-hmm. a, a bit uh, just because people are going to be moving back. Lots of, lots of East Coasters live here, and that's kind of their main income. That's why they've come here. So we'll see. I guess it'll depend on how fast we can recover. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so important to know because there's so much going on in the world, but you don't know what's going on in individual provinces or states or anything like that. So it's, it's really good to know that there's other things that are affecting this than just the virus itself. Yeah, for sure. Oil prices have, are having a bigger impact on our community. I would say like that will be, be a bigger hit than COVID. Um, yeah, for the, for our entire province. But then Grand Prairie is just a little bit different than Calgary because Calgary is kind of where all the head office stuff is a little bit more like the suits where we're like the production side, a lot of the laborers live here in Grand Prairie. So, um, like I said, prior to it was, you know, a recession would hit us. I would say the a lot less than anywhere else. It, it still comes for sure, but um, our recovery was always a little bit quicker as well. Mm-hmm. 
Crazy. Um, so one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on here was because um, I really respect you as a business person. I think you've done such amazing things. And I, when I went to Grand Prairie to visit your salon, um, I, I was, I just, I loved everything about it. So I was very excited to talk to you about this. Um, but I wanted to talk about opening a second location and kind of for stylists or salon owners who, I guess not stylists, but for salon owners who are thinking about opening up second locations, if there's any advice that you can give them. Um, so I know it's going to be a little bit different at this time, but for the future, when people are starting to think about opening up their second location, um, I thought that you could give a little bit of input into that. So what, um, what made you decide to open up a second location? Well, before we were the headroom, we were actually Tangle's Hair Studio, which was a little salon that I had bought. And that was my first location. And we were like 700 square feet, like so tiny. And it just grew one person at a time. So I think that you can't, you can't just decide, like, I want to have multi-locations. Like, you kind of need to grow into it or you need to have a team that can grow into it or be prepared for that. Like, it's not just like, I'm going to open a salon with 25 people tomorrow. Like it just doesn't happen like that. And I feel like following the love, like a level system, we train in house. So when we open our second location, we were prepared to be at a lower capacity than what we could handle so that we could train in house and make sure we had the right people in place. So I think you need to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. um, just plan and plan. But that's what happened to us. Like it was just our first location and then it was just me and one other stylist and then another one and then another one and so on and so forth. So you were working in your second location, correct? Uh, sorry. Like you were, were you working in your second location or are you saying that's for your first one? Well, for both. So okay. yeah. So the original salon that I owned, we closed it down. Um, it was inside of a gym and the gym closed down just as we were opening the headroom. So it kind of worked out perfectly in that sense. And yeah, like same thing at the headroom, we just grew, you know, we were at that time, I think when we opened, there was eight stylists and then, you know, we grew one at a time until we were at 20 stylists. And then we kept on getting to 20 stylists and then we would go backwards. So we were like, like, what the heck is happening? We, we should have like our max capacity. We should be able to have 24 stylists in this location. But the reality is, is once you start hitting that 80% capacity, it starts to get too congested. So too congested for your stylists. They have, they don't have any flexibility with their schedules. There's, they're squashed for space. Uh, it, so that creates some chaos. And then for clients too, like as far as availability, if they can't get in, then they're going to look somewhere else. I mean, we for sure have stylists who are waitlisted, which is great. And it makes you feel good. But I mean, we're in a, we're in a time where people want instant gratification. And so they want in last minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's when a stylist gets so busy, it's either you open up a second location or you raise your prices, but raising your prices is not always feasible either. So you have to kind of think about what's going to be the best solution for your business. Yeah. Um, so, oh, sorry. What were you going to say? No. Yeah. I completely agree. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so what may, like, how did you decide on the locations? Did you want like to have them on different sides of the city or is it kind of just what, I mean, you said that you had it kind of come up for you. So what was kind of the deciding decision on that? Yeah, we, so we started with the first location and it was actually funny where we are is the space that I made a business plan on to be Mm -hmm. in, in um, my, like in hair school, you know, when you have to make the business plan as part of your project, that was the space that I had imagined. And it was just, it was on the very edge of the city. And I, I don't know, I just seen that area booming. And so that was one of the first places that we looked and got that. So that was for the original headroom location. For our second location, it became, do we want to expand where we're at and have one bigger location? So I like increase our square footage because the neighboring, the neighboring bay and bar strip mall was available. So we could have expanded right where we were at. Or do we want to have a different location? So we kind of did the numbers for both. And what we found was, we're paying per square footage and it didn't really matter where that square footage was, but the opportunities of having a second location in a different, on the other side of town would increase our demographic. And actually we're, you know, the amount of people who come into that location who had never heard about us was shocking to me because I'm like, not, not to be like egotistic, but I felt like we were, you know, had a really strong presence on, marketing we're on the radio stations like we are out in the community a lot so for that many people to come in and be like I had never even heard of this company I was like oh it was just surprising to me yeah I think that's for all of us we do so we do so much to like brand our businesses get the name out there and then somebody's like oh I've never heard of you before like oh I've been trying so hard. <laughs> we're in a pretty small community like it's only 60,000 people here so uh, yeah it was just I'm like what the heck good job but the reality is is they're just not coming onto that end of town and we're like our one location is very south and the other one is very north so the very south side of town and the very north I think Grand Prairie is small so it's like a seven minute drive (laughs) busy but I mean it makes a big difference Mm -hmm. so did you have some of your stylists then come over to the other space or did you just keep hiring uh, both, both. So some wanted to move to the other space just because it was more, um, closer to their home or more convenient in that sense, or they just wanted a change. Mm-hmm. And some we grew right from there and we've moved back and forth. So it depends like if somebody, I don't know, they, they have just a little bit of a different vibe, the two locations. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> I'm like, my computer's gonna die, and then I wasn't fast enough to get my charger. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's okay. <clears throat> um, we can just pick up from where we left off. Okay. Um, which staff are at? Uh, locations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we moved originally when we opened up the second location. We moved some people from the south location to the north location what we call them and then we grew some at both so we had new hires at both locations and existing staff at both locations and I think that that 
For one, it made it less intimidating for people to come into a full team because it can be a little bit scary starting off at a new team. And we're pretty like very low drama for a salon of our size, I would say. Probably all salons say that. I don't know. <laughs> but we don't have a feeling though. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a lot of issues with retention and things like that. So, um, but I did have like a lot of people who said, you know, it was just, it was, it felt a little bit easier to come in and just to be reestablished so they could kind of feel like the core people again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then just, you know, a few apprentices at a time. And we like to grow in house. We use the summit level system and it just is works really, it's worked really well. That's good. Yeah. We use the summit business um, system as well. And I love it. Like it just keeps everything so organized and it's fair across the board and, and keeps everybody super motivated. So I'm, um, it, it is really nice to use. Um, so with, with, um, bringing some of your staff over and hiring new ones and kind of splitting between the two, what was your biggest struggles or like, how do you manage, um, maintaining your branding and your culture between the two locations? Well, of course, like trends changed because there's six years between opening them. So our, we try to keep the same brand, but like one of the biggest differences between the two designs is one has the roof is painted out black and one is white. And like, what a difference that reflects on everything. Um, like our cabinetry and stations are the same. And, and so is the design sort of. We have a like a color bar, which is really the heart of the salon, and it's set up and designed the same at both locations. And I feel like that really um, encompasses the vibe, and it really, I don't know, ties them together. But then at the same time, it's just like one one is a little bit is darker, and the other one is brighter, and it, the the vibe of that is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, the design is pretty similar, so it was easy to keep the branding the same in that way. We share all social media and website and everything. It's all one spot and we like to really promote it like as a team. So the teams are also very connected. So it's not like, I mean, there is South, South and North, but we try not to do like South versus North competitions or things like that. Cause we just don't, we wanted to maintain unity and we didn't want to create any competition in that sense. Um, but we come together lots for staff meetings and tons of education and things like that. So I think that your people are what maintain the brand and the culture. It's how your guests feel when they come. So as long as that can stay the same, it can, it can really jive, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is just like making sure that everybody is always, or is staying connected to each other. Cause I think that's, it can, it can, go away really quickly. Um, the, the culture of, of two, but I think that would be the biggest struggle. I think of when opening up a a second location is that keeping them similar or separate or, you know, it's, it's kind of trying to maintain the same company, but making it, making it different, but being the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I like the other thing that's that's difficult is we want to be able to allow our stylists to have their own specialties and their own style. 
So it's funny. It's not like, you can't just be like McDonald's where it's like every burger is made like this, like every haircut is different, but also so are some of the techniques and the processes and the conversations even. And, you know, it's, so we try and keep a similar, I guess, um, step as far as like check in and check out, but the experience, we still like to really honor individual style. And we're pretty open about that, which the level systems is great for. Um, and we have a, we call it like a, a love, like hate list. So we are really upfront that we want to book. We have like a level one and they might specialize in these different things or they're growing their career in that. And then we have a level four and we had a man ask for a haircut the other day and he's like, I want the highest level stylist. Like I want you, I want the owner. And and I was like, well, if you want like a really good men's cut, I like, I am not your person. I might be the most like one of the highest level stylists in the company, but I am not your person to give you the, that's not my specialty. And so we're super upfront with that. And I think that that, maintains I guess like the consistent burger recipe (laughs) (laughs) it's true though I I get that so often as well where people will just ask for the owner and I'm like well but yeah I don't that's not what I do like that's not what I enjoy so it's so funny that people think that the owner is the best hairstylist in the room but that's not always the case (laughs) everything Yeah. And same, like just like experience doesn't always mean jack of all trades, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I like the business stuff. I'll do, I'll, I'll do hair behind the chair, but it's not going to be everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how often are you working behind the chair? Well, yeah, before we closed, I was working Tuesdays and Thursdays behind the chair. So two days a week. I take the first week of the month off to do one-on-one meetings with my team. Um, So basically like six days a week I was down to. However, we are expecting a mass surge when we reopen from COVID. So I'll try and get a few of my tasks done while we're closed so that I can work a bit more during that surge. And then I'll probably step back a little bit and let the team take it from there. Yeah, that's a that's a good way of doing it actually cuz I always wondered if I had like 20 or 30 staff, how would I do the one-on-one meetings cuz I I think those are the most important meetings, but I was like, "Hey, how am I going to organize all of those in?" So I like that just having a week off to do all of those. Yeah. Um so what um what were some of like the biggest struggles that you had with opening? I think the biggest stresses came from um, construction and permits and that kind of stuff. We have, we've leased this location from a really big company. um, And so they were difficult to deal with. I found that like with leases and with the construction with the other location and the other location we've done, um, remodels because we outgrew it way too, like we don't put enough stations in at first. (laughs) So we had to do a remodel only a few years in. Uh, and I think that that's kind of one of the most stressful things for me. Everyone's always like, Oh, it'd be so fun to open a salon and I would be able to design it. And like, that's actually like not my favorite part. And also it's like, as far as picking out colors, 
that's fun, but that's over real quick. And then it's not so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. So that's where I like get all excited. <laughs> oh, okay, what we, yeah. Well, not the construction, but the designing part. Like, yeah, so the design was fun, but it, that's done real quickly. And then the constructions, the next three months and the permits and all like, so it's like the, the other side of the designing that I really don't like. Yeah. That was definitely the worst for opening up our business too. I remember there was a week where James was away and like everything happened in that week. And I'm like crying, calling my dad. I'm like, I don't know what to do. You need to come and help me. (laughs) It's hard. There's just so many, I find it's like in order to do one thing, you have to do another thing. And in order to do that thing, you have to do something else. And just like connecting the dots with all of these different, different things with the permits and, and everything. And it's, it's never ending. Yeah, no, it's not. (laughs) Um, so what would be your biggest advice to somebody who was thinking of opening up a second location? Um, I would say you need to have a good leadership team and you need to have tasks delegated because when you get to a team, they say that you should have one person, like one manager to every seven people or one leader to every seven people. So if you're the only person on that team and you're growing past seven people, past 14 people. And especially if you're still working behind the chair, I think that that's your culture is going to be affected by that. So I think to have, you need to know what your strengths are and your weaknesses are, and you need to have delegated out your weaknesses or have people in place. I think that's one of the biggest things because the second location is only going to magnify your weaknesses. So that's where you need to start. That's amazing. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on here and sharing all of your expertise. Cause I know that it is a struggle, especially like opening up a second location or even thinking of opening up a second location. A lot of times you just don't know where to start. So, um, this has been really helpful. I think for a lot of people just even thinking about the ideas. So thank you. And the second location to come for Samantha James. Uh, one day, (laughs) not right now, not right now, definitely not right now with everything going on, but (laughs) it's always a thought in the back of our mind, but it's more of just like, you know, the five year plan, the 10 year plan, kind of where do we see ourselves going? And, and so it's, it's always, we're always thinking of something. And so, yeah, (laughs) we'll see one day. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Secret Life of a Hairstylist. I would love it if you could share this episode with someone you think would love it. And if you could drop a review on iTunes or Chromecast, I would truly appreciate it. I would love to continue sharing this information with you and your hairstylist friends for as long as possible. So let me know if you have any topics you would love me to discuss on here. You can send me a DM with any requests, love, and advice. So make sure to follow me at Harris by Sam Lacoste so you can see more of what I'm doing behind the chair and for more tips and tricks of the trade. But for now, if you want in on another hairstylist secret, click on the next episode. I can't wait to hang out with you again. So until next time, keep inspired, keep challenging yourself, and keep building that dream business behind the chair.